Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Extra Point podcast. I'm Ross Williams. Matt Temple Marsh is here as well. And it's week three. We're heading into week three now. Already a fortnight has passed. Already a lot of football has taken place. And we're starting to piece this league together a little bit more now. We're getting there. Trust me, we're getting there. Um, first and foremost, and Tim, Matt, how are you? How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very sad about Cade York. Uh, he let me down big time in a big spot. I needed seven kicking points. Round scored, touchdown right at the end of the game. The sealer, I thought, and he misses the extra point that ultimately loses them the game instead of sending it to overtime. So, yeah, good, but I am ready, ready for week three for sure. Picks are looking good this week. How are you doing, Ross? Yeah, absolutely. The go again. You had, yeah, you had that trauma of Cage Hawk last week. It was a rough one. But yeah, yeah, our messages to each other were quite interesting on Sunday night, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, not, not the greatest week ever, but I did. I did manage to pull one out of the fire. Well, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray pulled it out of the fire, let's be honest. Uh, late on Sunday night, 20 points down. I had the Cardinals in that game. If you listen last week, you'll know. It's very high in the Cardinals beating that spread. Actually, win the game outright. I'll be honest, at halftime, uh, it was nearly drawing board time. <laughs> I really thought I thought we were in trouble. It was 20 nothing down. Um, but the Raiders let them back in. Derek Carr just didn't hit the field for about 45 minutes at one point. Um, an incredible second half, an incredible overtime, and the Arizona Cardinals came in uh, to get me a really nice winner at touching two to one last week. So, um, yeah, a bit of positivity, uh, positivity going into this week, um, which is really nice. Okay, before we get into these matchups for week three, we're going to add something a little bit new uh, to the podcast. We're a couple of weeks in, as I say, we're getting, to, we're getting used to these teams now. We're going to introduce a no-bet list. I think it's key. There are teams that deserve to be on there, frankly, and we're going to induct two teams today onto that no-bet list. Um, we're going to kick off with last night. We're going to kick off with the Steelers. Thursday night football. Crushing, crushing loss for people who bet the handicap. I swerved it. I think a lot of people did swerve it, but a lot of people will have got on it as well because they would have looked Steelers... Plus five, plus we five discussed, and a half We discussed places. yesterday how that looked like a good bet. The Browns, obviously, Jacoby Brissett. Steelers, a lot of nice talent on that team. Five and a half points. Very nice. And yeah, look at what happened. Yeah, with, with nine seconds remaining, you were, <laughs> it still looked pretty nice, to be honest. They were covering. All was well. And then uh, they tried for the miracle play inside their own 20. The ball's flying everywhere. There's a fumble. There's laterals. And ultimately, the Browns score what, it's what turned into a garbage time touchdown to win the game. Um, took them away from the spread, meant they did not cover five and a half. The Steelers, you know, they're not a bad football team generally, so it might be a little bit harsh to put them on the no bet list. But that was just crushing. An absolute brutal <laughs> defeat, that one. And it's going to affect them as well. AFC North defeat. They, they, that was a bit of an opportunity from there, I think, and they, they, they've blown it a little bit. Um, I can see a little bit of a downturn for the Steels. And, you know, the QB situation, let's be honest, I don't love it. I don't love it at the moment. I'm sure no. you don't either. With Trubisky in the centre, I think we can keep them on that list. If Kenny Pickett wants to come in, then we can explore, see how it is. But, yeah, not with Trubisky. Yeah, absolutely not. So the Steelers are on there. And one other team that I think absolutely deserves to be on this no-bet list, at least with one particular caveat, is the Denver Broncos. And I know what you're thinking. But the Broncos won on Sunday. Well, they'd be on the no-bet list. 
I can go nowhere near Denver <laughs> with Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach because can't hack it, can't hack it. There we go, there we go. I wonder how long it take. Um, I don't think he's ready to be NFL head coach. I don't think anyone thinks he's ready to be NFL head coach. For those who don't know, he was offensive coordinator in Green Bay last year. Whisper it. That's the reason he got the Denver job because the Broncos wanted to bring Aaron Rodgers over. He was essentially brought over as bait. It's not worked. And some of the decisions, some of the decision-making, just general all-round coaching, it was pretty amateur, some of the stuff we saw on Sunday, to the point where at home, they were at home, remember, they were at Mile High Stadium in Denver, the home crowd was was calling out the play clock <laughs> to Russell Wilson in the middle. It was a pretty toxic situation, and that's a game they won. I can't go anywhere near Denver, and I'm sure you agree. The amount of mistakes they had, not having a returner on the field, 12 men on the field, delay of games, it was so poor. He's got that job. Well, he's, he had success with Green Bay, clearly, because it was Aaron Rodgers who was quarterback, and he's effectively just calling his own plays near enough most of the time. So, yeah, don't, don't be touching Denver for a good while. Right, it is time for week three and our picks. Let's go. Ross, we're starting off with a weird one. Indianapolis Colt, Homer, but we're going We're going for the Chiefs, are we? Yeah, obviously we're only three episodes of this podcast. Uh, you lovely listeners might not necessarily know, but we, we do have a team each. We do support, we do follow a team. I'm Colts, MTM is 49ers, which you may have gathered in the last couple of weeks anyway, but we've not expressly said it. Yeah, I- I'll be honest, I'm not loving how the Colts are looking in 2022 so far. Um, they're playing the Chiefs this week. The handicap line, the spread is minus five at the time of recording. I do expect it to drift out a little bit uh, come Sunday. I'd expect it to be six, six, six point five at least. But right now, at the time of recording, it is minus five. Yeah, as you say, it's a bit mad. I don't really understand why it's so tight. The Colts are getting players back this week, potentially. Michael Pittman should play. Darius Leonard is probably going to be a game-time situation, but it's huge for the defence, of course. But this is Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're facing a defence, regardless of Darius Leonard, that is led by Gus Bradley. That does not bode well. If you look into the stats, Gus Bradley has faced the Chiefs seven times with Patrick Mahomes under centre for Kansas City. Uh, he's averaged 33 Point three points per game. Uh, last season, of course, Gus Bradley was leading the Raiders' defense. Who's coordinator over there? Eighty-nine points over those two games were scored <laughs> by the Chiefs. There's a, a forty-one and a forty-eight. Um, because he's a bit brash, Gus Bradley. He's obviously had a head coach gig in the league before. Likes to think he knows what you're talking about. And do you know what? He, he's generally a, a good D, uh, DC. People think that, but he is quite bullish. And he loves to play single high coverage. That's all it's about. He's, he's quite aggressive, really, in terms of his how he how he plays defense. But uh, it, it, it's tricky when you're playing Patrick Mahomes. You're going to go with that. Exactly. He's going exactly. to burn. He's going to burn you over the top. Trevor Lawrence burned the Colts over the top last week with Christine Kirk. I really worry for what Patrick Mahomes might do uh, to the Colts D this week. And I think our offense will be better. I think they can be worse, but. Yeah, Chiefs yeah. minus five. I'm all over it, if I'm honest. I reckon Juju has a big game as well. Obviously, week one was a solid start, so a good target share. Week two, poor line. Week three, I think he could bounce back, and it could be messy for you. I, I'm i sorry for you, Ross. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, it might be one I, I, I don't watch too much of, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, 
go to one of your games then, which you you like something in a little bit mystical this week. You're going for a, a god of sorts, aren't you? <laughs> the sun god. Best name in the NFL, I'd say. Maybe with Drake London, but Amon Ra St. Brown. He plays for Detroit Lions, and somehow they are the second best offense in the league, only behind the Buffalo Bills. And I think it's only a point difference, which, how has that happened? Well, you put Jared Goff around a good supporting cast, and he can shine. We saw it with the Rams. He took them to a Super Bowl, and before he kind of fell off with them, he looked really good. And we're, getting, we're building back up to that in Detroit now. And one man's at the front of that all, and that is Amon Rasen Brown. He's on a, a historic tear. He has tied an NFL record of eight consecutive games with at least eight catches. He's sharing that with Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. Pretty good company. And then he also holds a record solo by himself for six consecutive games with eight catches and a touchdown. Just crazy. This season, he's had 12 targets per game. That's a 33% target share. And he's had three touchdowns, all from the, from the, um, from the red zone. He's got the trust with Jared Goff, their relationship from the quarterback to the wide receiver. When you're throwing in the end zone, that's because you trust the receiver. You know good hands in the red zone are going to score a touchdown for you. You just look over these last eight games as well, where he's been on this crazy streak. He's averaged 92 and a half receiving yards. And you look at his, well, and a touchdown as well. You look at his line of 69 and a half, and it doesn't really add up to me. It should be towards kind of like 75, 80, pushing the ball, near, near a 90, I'd say. So, yeah, I really like, like the yardage line, especially when you consider they're playing the Vikings. They have allowed the 10th most receiving yards to wide receivers this year. And this game itself is really interesting. It's the highest implied points total this week out of any game in the NFL. I think it's going to be like a, a points fest, basically. And Lions could win this, you know. They are sneaky good. And if they win this game, NFC North is up for grabs. They could make a good shot at the Packers here, which who would have thought of that? But no, Amon Ross St. Brown, I really like him to get his yardage line, 69 and a half, and then also back in to get over 100 yards and one touchdown at six to one. Um, the receptions line isn't out yet, but it's got to be at least seven and a half because he's on the streak for eight receptions. I think they want that. And in the back of their mind, they'll be thinking, Dan Campbell and Jared Goff, like we can, we can make history for Amon Ross and Brown let's get to eight receptions so yeah give me give me the sun god absolutely yeah I, I love it I love it yeah I, I myself can't understand why the receiving yards line is so low um at six nine and a half seems seems bizarre and yeah I mean kudos to the Lions man they're doing really really good stuff and that offensive line really good really really good offensive line really well coached offensive lines it's not filled with superstars either so uh yeah great job Detroit and Becoming a bit of a second team for a lot of people, I think. A lot of people like the Detroit Lions, don't they? It's rare the Hard Knocks team actually is quite good. But, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo, he is looking amazing. He was the highest graded defensive rookie last week, and his run defense is surreal. The way he can throw players around, I love me some Rodrigo. Absolutely. Let's, let's move on to, um, let's go Ravens Patriots. I know, I know you all like in the look of the Ravens. I am, yeah. Again, just looking at these, I really like a lot of the spreads this week, to be honest. I didn't so much last week at all. I think there were some big numbers. Just didn't catch the eye really last week. This week is a lot, lot better. Maybe it is because there's been a few interesting games, to say the least, the last couple of weeks. A couple of underdog um, scares, at the very least. Quite a few overtime games. Um, yeah, the lines are a lot tighter this week, which is really nice to see. 
Ravens minus three still at the Patriots. That's evens as well. Uh, you can find it evens knocking around. I'm, I'm not having these New England Patriots at all, to be honest. No, no, uh, no. I, I mean, they were beat by Miami. There's no shame in that. Um, but then it was the Steelers last week, and we've just put them on the no bet list, crying out loud. Um, they don't yeah. look convincing. They look a mess, the Patriots. Yeah, I think it's mediocre at best, to be honest. And I'm looking at the Ravens, and yes, I know they'll beat last week, but I mean, what a game that was uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, there was a 99% chance of them winning with minutes to go. It was baffling what happened. Insane, yeah. And the article I've written uh, for Spotting Life this week, uh, explaining these tips further, and of course, uh, Matt's done the exact same for his. Um, I, I referenced, yeah, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. It was pretty superhuman what they managed to do. And Tua Tonga Vailoa threw six touchdowns. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> That's what was required to beat this Baltimore Ravens offense. Uh, which is on fire, uh, is on fire. And I just don't know how the Patriots can keep up with the Baltimore Ravens and kind of whisper it. And I, I really hoped this would happen um, because I, I'm just really rooting for him with his contrast situation and everything going on. Lamar Jackson, he's showing MVP form right now. Yeah, that is, yeah. that he's on track. He's on track for what he needs to do uh, to one, get paid, but two, maybe even get a second MVP, who knows? Um, incredible last week 300 yards passing three touchdowns 100 yards rushing and a touchdown pretty historic what he's managing to do it is insane yeah minus three against the Patriots I think they're a touchdown at least better than the Patriots probably a couple uh, if I'm honest you worry a little bit about the backdoor scenario where they lead by so much and kind of let them back in whether it's dropping starters that kind of thing but minus three is tight enough Um, yeah I like the Ravens in that game no I agree with that fully and I've got a tip in this game as well it's like you say, I think the Ravens are overwhelming favourites in this. And I've backed the Ravens, well, Mac Jones to throw one one or more interceptions in this game. You try and take that fourth quarter meltdown out of your mind. I still love this Ravens defence. They've got three picks on the year, and on paper, I'd say it's the best secondary in the league. And they face the Patriots, who they've only scored 24 points on the year. And the court, to me, Mac Jones is shaky. I was looking through the stats creating my article for this week and it stood out to me that Mac Jones had back-to-back interceptions this year. Yeah, When I think of Mac Jones, I think, oh, stable quarterback, not very error-prone, but kind of stood out to me. So I went back over his last few games and in his last seven games, he's thrown nine picks, which kind of startling to me. Mm-hmm. So you just think about what's going on in, in New England as well. This pseudo-offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, bringing in this bubble scheme offense that's not really working and they might be getting rid of now. It's just not working very well. I don't know why you do that to a second-year quarterback. I think the Ravens bounce back in a big spot and I could see a massive performance from their D, intercepting Mac Jones once, if not more, and you can get that at 8 to 11. Yeah, yeah, I love it. All over those Ravens this week, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on to another one. Well, we'll talk about two more games in this podcast. We've both got a tip uh, in each of them. We'll kick off with the Las Vegas Raiders, who, of course, I backed against last week, as I said at the top of the show, uh, with the Cardinals managed to pull off that win. I'm riding with the Raiders this week, though. Uh, they go to Nashville, they're playing the Titans. Uh, Raiders are minus two at the time of recording. Again, one of those tight lines I was talking about within a field goal. You always love a handicap within a field goal, let's be honest. The Titans, I mean, it's a weird one. Because obviously, we're week three. It's Raiders-Titans. It's must-win 
at this point, they're both 0-2. I mean, the Titans were the number one team in the AFC last year. <laughs> Literally last year. It's insane. Uh, and the Raiders were a playoff team themselves. But they're, they're both 0-2. If you go 0-3, I mean, you know, start booking us all those to Mexico. Uh, it, it's over. Uh, it's pretty yeah, much over. Yeah, it means it can't be. It does not happen. It, it, it has happened. I think there's six teams in the last 40 years or something. But realistically, you're out of playoff contention. It's a huge game. I just think the Raiders are a better team overall. Yes, I know they let the Cardinals in last week, but they were still 20-0 up and looked pretty dominant throughout that first half. The Cardinals are a better football team than the Titans this year, I think that's for sure. The Titans have got 10 players on injury reserve already. It's week three. Jeez. Um, yeah, a couple of starters in there. There's a couple of starters on D at linebacker. Taylor Warren's not playing. He's, he's injured two at left tackle. They, were, look, they took a tough loss on Monday as well. The Buffalo Bills, 41-7. No, there's no shame in losing that game to the Buffalo Bills by any means. But it was a domination. It was a manhandling. Mm. And the problem with the Titans is if they can't get Derrick Henry going, they're getting nothing going. Really. Derrick Henry, to me, I don't know if it's just early season rust or if he's just lost a step. He's obviously coming off of like a pretty serious injury and ages factoring on the usage that he's had over these past few years doesn't look quite the same by running back standards he's kind of already passed his sell by let's be honest they don't last long uh in this league certainly not plays who play like Derek Henry where it's so so aggressive but yeah the offensive line in front of him they just didn't play physical football on Monday which is a worry you don't mind losing to the Buffalo Bills but you want to give them a contest you want to at least get in the faces they didn't they, they kind of rolled over for Buffalo and that's not a good sign it's a short week as well obviously we're playing Monday I think the Raiders are in a much better spot to win this game I think the Raiders are in a much 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 better spot especially if you've got Crosby and Jones coming off the edge against an offensive line that was poor exactly exactly as I say there's players missing there the Raiders can't run the ball which is an issue and they need to sort that out but Really, where the Titans struggle defensively is against the pass. So that's really not going to be an issue uh, this week. The Raiders are going to have to sort that out at some point, but that's going to have to be down the stretch. They don't have to rely on the likes of Josh Jacobs this week. They can put the ball in Derek Carr's hands. I expect a big game for Devontae Adams, I will say. I don't think the Titans are going to be able to deal with him on the deep ball. Um, they give up 300 yards to Josh Allen the other night, 330, I think it was. I think it's a relatively comfortable one uh, for the Raiders, if I'm honest. And the fact you're getting minus two, I love it, to be honest. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Raiders are favourite in this game, rightly so. But on the flip side, I've got a bet for the Titans. Um, rookie receivers are just on the up and up lately. I don't know what's going on, why they're coming straight out of college and they are just instantly producing. But Traylon Burks looks to be another hit. There's some really weird narratives over pre-season, well, off-season and then pre-season, that he was playing in game. Typically, first-round players won't be playing much in pre-season, especially not into the third and fourth quarter, but Traylon Burks was out there for pretty much all game, playing with kind of like third and fourth stringers, which kind of had you worried for a bit, but he's shut down those narratives now and he's playing a lot. So already this year, so he's a rookie receiver and he's already leading the team in targets, receptions and receiving yards. It's not, I mean, the numbers aren't startling. It's 11 targets, seven receptions and 102 yards but that's 30 more yards than his nearest competition. And in terms of his competition, he's got Robert Woods coming off of a torn ACL. Uh, fifth round rookie, Carl Phillips. It's just not much to go against. Traylon Burks looks quite like pretty dominating in that room, to be honest. Yeah, and anyone kind of worrying that they might eventually kind of lose faith in him because he's a rookie. 
they can't because they essentially swapped him for AJ Brown. He was one of the best receivers in the yeah. league. That, that's yeah. essentially what they did on draft night by sending him to the Eagles and then drafting a receiver straight off the bat. They have to ride with him. They've got to send targets his way. And as you say, he's, he's, he's going to get the numbers as a result of that, Charlotte. Exactly. And one thing I've noticed is an upward trajectory. So in week one, he still put up numbers, but he only had a 16% target share. You go to week two, that's up to 29% of Tannehill's throws. That's really promising. And especially when you notice, so in these two games, he's had kind of like 40, 50 receiving yards. His line is at 38 and a half receiving yards, which stands out as an anomaly to me. And then, so I'm tipping him to have over 38 and a half receiving yards and over three and a half receptions, which in week one, he had three receptions. Week two, where his target share went nearly double, he had four receptions. So I think he's going to get a lot of volume this week. They're playing, they're both 0-2 teams. It's games where they need to win. They're going to battle to win. There's going to be a lot of throwing, a lot of points. I could see, yeah, I could see Traylon Burks putting up Pretty good stat line, to be honest. Easily clearing his line. You can get both of those at six to four. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. And just as a more general point, as you pointed out um, to your listeners, when you're kind of looking at these bets and look at, looking at what's put on on Sunday, um, yeah, there's a trend in these rookie receivers, just young receivers generally. Look, look at these guys at the top of the game. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase come out the last two years. There's a real movement happening in terms of these rookies and this year is a perfect example. Drake Norman Ross, Garrett Wilson, these yep. players, Drake London, they all coming out instantly they're demanding the ball, looking amazing when they have the ball. Yeah, it's mad. They're looking great. As you say, lines are relatively low just because of the history of rookie receivers and head coaches have just been more brash in using them. So it is a bit of an angle you can use, I think. Um, final game then, uh, I'm going to look at I really ummed and ahed about my final pick this week. Uh, we discussed off air. I very nearly went with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what is probably the game of the week on paper. So in terms of name value, the GOAT against the MVP, all that kind of thing. I was really concerned about the Tampa Bay injuries and that ultimately uh, made me go away. But That's uh, backdoor I, cover you got here. If they if they do manage to win now, you can say, oh, I talked about it. I talked about it on the pod. <laughs> I'd lean that way, is, is, what, is what I'll say. Um, but no, that is not an official tip this week. I'm not going not gonna to go for Tampa. I am going to go for what I think is a safer pick, um, despite one of the, one of the heavier uh, spreads, actually, this week. It's the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Washington Commanders. One of the crucial reasons why I think the Philadelphia is going to win this game really ties into what MTM is going to say. So... I'll leave you. I'll leave you to that in a second. <laughs> so I will just talk about the Eagles first, and I'll let you take the Commanders. Yes, I think the Eagles are a borderline Super Bowl contender. The way they've come out the first few weeks, Jalen Hurts looks a superstar to me. <laughs> I don't know if everyone agrees, but he certainly does to me. There's been so many question marks. His entire career has been shrouded. The way they the way they drafted him in the second round, all that kind of thing. There's always been question marks, but yeah, he looked every inch Philadelphia's franchise quarterback the first few weeks. Um, only thrown one touchdown, interestingly. He's only thrown one touchdown, scored three of his feet, though. He's absolutely devastating with the ground game. The ground game generally for the Eagles is just absolutely devastating. Only the Browns can match them, uh, really. They're averaging about 190 yards per game on the ground. The Washington Commanders, they rank bottom five in the NFL against the run. It's a recipe for a disaster offensively with this. Um, I'd expect the same. I would not be surprised if the Eagles pick up 200 yards on the ground this game. I really wouldn't. You just can't beat teams when they do that. It's, it's borderline impossible, mainly because the fact they're running the ball so much, it's not just the guard, it's not just the way they get up the field. It's time of possession as well. They literally take the ball 
out of Washington's hands. It causes Washington, Washington to panic, to cause them to rush. Again, I'll let you talk about that in a sec. Um, yeah, but they're also pretty, they're not great against the pass either. The kind of results, ultimately, it's not a good day. They give up five passing touchdowns already this season. AJ Brown, we just discussed him. He's going to want that first touchdown. And I think this is probably the game he gets it, to be honest. He's had 15 catches already uh, inside two weeks. They've got him involved right away. He's a proper deep threat. The Washington team struggle uh, against deep threats of that quality. I think the Eagles are going to cover this one quite easily, to be honest. I think they're a far better team. Um, but yeah, there is the elephant in the room when you talk about this game. It is a revenge game. What do you think about Carson Wentz in this one? Yeah, he's gonna have he's gonna have a horrible game. This is gonna be bruising from the Eagles' defense, and I back them to have the most wins in the NFL. I didn't know about late playoff run, but they're looking like they could be that team now. But just given off their schedule of who they play, I definitely saw a lot of cupcake easy wins, and this is one of them. The added narrative of Carson Wentz against his old team, the Eagles fans grew to hate him. Obviously, at that. Well, the pre-Super Bowl run, then it was Nick Foles came in, the whole saga around the fans wanting Foles to come back, and they didn't. Then poor play, followed by drafting his successor in Jalen Hurts. It just ended poorly, basically. You think about this Eagles defense, and it's amazing. They're fresh off of the three-pick performance against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Obviously, a Monday night football game, so Kirk becomes Monday night football Kirk, who's just irrelevant. But... The cornerback tandem of Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I'd say, maybe best in the league. When quarterbacks are a pass, they're all rated in the quarterback rating scale. That has a maximum of 158.3. I don't know why somebody smarter than me can say why it's 158.3. <laughs> I've always wondered. I always yeah, wondered. I have no idea. But obviously, the, the higher the number is, the closer it is to 158.3, the better the pass and the better the quarterback you are. When quarterbacks are thrown at Darius Slay this year, they've had a 25.2 passer rating. And when they've thrown at James Bradbury, it's been a 7.0 passer rating. Wow. It is tough. And you think about Carson Wentz. He's already got three picks on the year. And I really worry for him. The, the way the commanders are using him, I'm going to say they're letting him cook, which is not what you want to do, really. His usage this year compared to how he was used with the Colts is startling. This year, he's thrown over 40 passes per game in both games. With the Colts, he did that twice all year long. And sure, you're going to get some splash plays. Wentz has got a pretty nice arm on him. And we've seen seven touchdowns already this year. But alongside, you'll know more than anybody, Ross, from last year. He has horror interceptions in his locker. I think at least one pick I can see in this game. But you can get two picks at three to one, which I think is value given narrative, defense, how the game's going to go, I think, yeah, it's going to, the situation's going to be too much for Wentz. Eagles are going to feast. It's going to be punishing. Yeah, I, I think he's, as you say, a first-hand knowledge uh, of Carson Wentz. I think he's the ultimate chalk and cheese quarterback, to be honest. When he's good, he's good. Like, he's very, very tight. I genuinely think on his day, he's top 10 in terms of talent. I think he re- some of the throws he can make, he made one week one to Terry McLaurin. Beautiful throw. There's not many in the league can do that. But when it rains, it pours with Carson Wentz. That's why I particularly like two interceptions. Uh, well, you just said there. I think if he throws one, he's probably throwing two. Uh, it's one of those things. He'll be Men- chasing, chasing the game. He's going to throw it even more. If he's throwing the pick, it's going to be... game's going to get away. You have to throw more, liable to more errors. And it's just... He's got it in his locker to do these amazing passes. Like, we see against Jacksonville in week one, he was throwing some really nice passes, like that Jahan Dotson touchdown, for example. Really nice pass. But he also just threw some of the picks are just dreadful. 
I don't know what goes through his mind. Like you saw it week 18 last year. It got work against the Jags again. It was a disaster. Yeah, he gets swamped in big game scenarios. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's, it, it is a mentality thing, unfortunately, uh, with Carson Wentz. So it is it's almost painful to watch sometimes because you can, you can just tell as a viewer essentially when he, when he's kind of checked out mentally and uh, yeah, as I say, when it rains, it pours and it's going to be, it, it's a tough ask against that Philly defense in a big game, in a big situation, in an emotional situation for him as well. I think it's going to be too much. And as I say, I particularly like two, uh, two interceptions that game, as you say, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a snowball for Carson Wentz, I think this week. Right. There's our week three picks. Let's go Ross. I like these a lot. I'm, it, we're going to have winners. We're gonna, it can't be the same again as last week. We're going to have winners. I see it being a good week for us. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check out our articles on sportandlife.com slash NFL. Share this pod, give it five stars, and keep listening for more.